so you can either have an abundance mentality or you can have a um you can have this feeling that, that there's a you know that there's a shortness or there's a there's a lack out there and i find that most people are afraid i think what's keeping them from living the life they want to lead of abundance is the fear and it could be the fear of not being enough or the fear of uh, not having enough or fear of what other people are going to think or say. And I find that I talk to so many super successful people. So CEOs and entrepreneurs consult with me fair amount. And almost always the solutions I give them are not, they're not financial solutions. They're not operational solutions. They're not marketing solutions. They're almost always psychology solutions. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, all of you amazing abundant leaders out there? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, proving to you that you can, in fact, live a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness on your way to having more. And you know, I say that all the time, but what does that mean? Having a life of abundance on your way to having more. What I mean by that is that you can start living the abundance mindset today. Too many people wait until the next life event. You wait until summer. You wait until the kids get out of school. You wait until the kids move out. You wait until your next life event. You wait until you finish college or this project's done at work or you name it. You wait and you wait and you wait. And next thing you know, you're in your 80s if you're blessed enough to make it that far. And you have not lived the life that you personally have dreamt about living your entire life. And listen, I'm not talking about the grandiose dreams of having a 80-foot yacht and two houses in Italy and this, that, and the other. I'm talking about just living a fulfilling life around your family and your friends and actually enjoying the smaller things in life. It's the smaller things in life when it all comes down to it. Everyone on their deathbed always talks about the regrets and the regrets are always the small things in life. And you can look at study after study, book after book of people in hospice and people on their deathbed. Not a one of them ever said, you know, I wish I would have spent more time at work. I wish I would have spent more time trying to make more money. They all say, you know, I should have spent more time with you. I should have spent more time with my kids with my spouse. I should have spent more time with my best friend who I'd known for years and we drifted apart and, and left each other and didn't even know anything about each other's lives as we were adults. Now consider what living a life of abundance means to you. It generally does not mean anything of tangible results that involves a lot of money. It involves the finer things in life, like the, the, just the small things, the beautiful moments. That's what it's about. Now, I'm going to share with you mid-show today of something that I personally want you to do that I know is going to help you in living your life of abundance. But one thing I want you to do right now today, and I would greatly appreciate it, if you are abundant in your actions today, 
by paying it forward and sharing men of abundance with everyone you come in contact with. I mean it. Just post it out on social media, hashtag men of abundance, or even just hashtag abundance. I would appreciate it if you did both, but if you're going to do one or the other, do hashtag abundance. Because more people are looking for abundance in their life today, and they will find this show because not many people are doing a hashtag at random, men of abundance. So that's my rationale behind that. So if you just do a hashtag abundance so other people can find these amazing conversations, I would greatly appreciate that. Take it an extra step. Take a screenshot of your phone or your computer or wherever it is that you're listening to this at and post that along with it of either this episode or any of your other favorite episodes that are out there out of the 323 different episodes that you can take a screenshot of and share that specific conversation because you got something out of it and others will too. Then if you really want to pay it forward, hop over to iTunes, leave a rating and review. That pushes us up in the search engine so other people can find it. That is a great search engine over there that Many people are actually searching for different conversations on and there's something going on in their life. There's something that they want that they know is missing and it just might be abundance. In fact, it might even be men of abundance, might even be this conversation or the one that you post over that that you specifically mentioned. We'd greatly appreciate it if you did that. Now, let me introduce to you our featured guest today. Our featured guest is a transformational entrepreneur with over 25 years of experience building and growing businesses. He helped over a thousand businesses and professionals increase profitability, reduce costs, and implement acceptable continuity and exit strategies. He has worked with three billionaire families, started and sold multiple companies, and has his own multi-million dollar exit. He is the author of 15 books, including Six Secrets to Leveraging Success, Wealth Secrets of the Affluent, Mastering the Art of Success, and the Physician's Money Manual. He has been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine and quoted in the Wall Street Journal. You can learn more at thechrisjarvis.com. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Chris Jarvis. Chris, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Well, how about yourself? Man, I'm really good. Where are you at in the world? I am living in uh, outside of Dallas, Texas, in a suburb called South Lake. South Lake. I, lo- I like Texas. I've lived quite a bit in Texas. I've lived in El Paso, San Antonio, Colleen. Don't recommend that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Don't beat me up, guys. That's my personal preference. I know some people dig it. Um, but, uh, you know, I spent some time down in Austin, never did spend a whole lot of time in Dallas. So I, I've got an aunt that lives out there in, um, I think it's the Fort, I think it's Fort Worth area. Yeah, not uh, far. That's pretty, yeah, not too I'm far. actually closer to Fort Worth than Dallas, but I, I grew up in New England, in Rhode Island, then Boston, then Los Angeles, then Austin, then here. So this is the, uh, it is the ugliest place I've lived as far as the topography of the, you know, the scenery, but mm-hmm. it's the easy, easiest quality of life I've had. So. You know, interesting lesson there too, right? The things that look good on the surface may not be giving you what you uh, what you want, but this is a great place to raise kids and you know live live a real easy life. So, 
Well, that's but, a very uh, interesting perspective. Out. Yeah, I like that you put it that way, too, because as I tell the guys all the time, and we always have these conversations is, you know, you're not a tree. If you don't like your situation, get up and move. You know, it's not easy. It's, it's not as easy as that. But come on, you know, it's, it's not that difficult either. If ultimately, you're going to end up in a, you know, better situation, right? You know, that's uh, I've got a son who's a senior in high school, and he um, the advice I gave him was I gave all my kids was if you go to college in Texas, I'm not paying and I'm not visiting. And and they laugh and say, I thought you like Texas. I said, it's great, but why don't you expand your horizons and mm. see a different part of the world? And as, as luck would have it, my son's number one choice for colleges for next year happens to be in Rome. And he doesn't speak Italian. So I thought, hey, here's a kid who's trying to expand his horizons. I have to, you know, I have to applaud him for you know, picking my favorite city in the world and saying, yeah, I think I want to go to school there. There's probably a lot to learn. Absolutely. I love that. That is, that is absolutely great. amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude, Chris. What do you have to be grateful for today other than what you just shared? That's, pretty, that's something to be <laughs> grateful for, man. I am grateful for all the people in my in my life who, uh, who believe in, trust, and support me and understand me for who I am. Awesome. Beautiful. And And – where does some of that come from? What are some of those? Who specifically are some of those people? And we're going to get a little bit personal here in the in the intro because we like to get to know the man behind the abundance here. We certainly get into your professional side as well. But who are you? How would you describe yourself? Who am I? Uh, this will this will come together later, perhaps. But I'd say I'm a bit of a giraffe, and with all the marketing and branding I have, it's not. I'm not saying that to be. Um, to be clever, but that's being someone who's different, who's always seen things differently, looked at looked at things differently, and for most of my life felt like I didn't fit in in a lot of ways. So, um, you know, I, I say giraffe because the giraffe's the only animal that, when it evolved, it actually became more vulnerable. So rather than protecting its neck and hiding, it actually is it grew so big that it's impossible to hide, and its most vulnerable area is its largest area that grew to become even more vulnerable but as a result of being more vulnerable and opening up you get to see things others can't and reach things others won't and it wasn't until i shed the trying to be the smartest guy in the room and trying to accomplish everything that i possibly could it was it was a moment when i decided you have to be more vulnerable and connect with people and that's where that's where all the great stuff will happen when you open up and that's happened in business it's happened in my marriage, my second marriage, it's happened in uh, a lot of ways in my life that that's, you know, that was one of the big transformational things for me was getting, getting more personal, getting more open, more vulnerable, and realizing that that's, that's actually a safer place to be because then people know you for who you really are. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And that's a very interesting perspective in uh, having that correlation with the giraffe. And I was going to ask you that because I noticed a couple pictures of you and you, you have a giraffe on your shirt and then you have your giraffe uh, link on your website. And I was like, what is this? What's the deal with the giraffe? But I, I dig it I, and I get it. That makes a lot of sense. So yeah. as we were talking about a little bit earlier, uh, I think before we actually started recording, because I've been, you know, I've been checking you out, watching a couple of videos and stuff like that, and I, there's some definite kick in the gut moments that you've experienced there. But I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'd like for you to share a kick in the gut moment and really make us feel that, and then we're going to get into what you learned from that and what are you doing with that information. How are you paying it forward? Uh, yeah, there's. 
I was going to talk about getting divorced and then kick, getting kicked out of my business and going from making $700,000 a year to being broke and almost being out of business. And I thought that was a hell of a kick in the gut moment. But given where the first question was, the gratitude and where you got me, I think I'll go to a, I'm going to go to a different story, which was not that long ago, my, um, you know, the last few years, my younger sister died. Mm-hmm. And I had this moment of, you know, like a lot of people, my parents got divorced and as I, you know, as the oldest kid, you took on maybe more responsibility than was necessary, you know, when that happened. And, uh, you know, and for, and for years, you know, the one, you know, the one thing you might ask is as a young kid, you're sitting on Santa's lap, given the timing of us recording this, uh, you know, what do you want for Christmas? It was like, oh, my parents does it together. You know, you're, you want, you want something in your family to work. And so as the oldest kid overachiever, I, I went out and did a bunch of things and, um, and it never really brought my parents back together. And my fondest memory of my parents was actually in the hospital and in hospice with my younger sister. And I realized that you know she had some mental illness. She was transgender. She was you know, she had a lot of things that didn't go so well for her. And life was really hard. And she was only eighteen months younger than I am. And you know, and I had all these gifts of being the tall, athletic, high IQ personality. I mean, all these things that make life in this particular time really easy for me in some ways. And I could never get my parents back together. But while we were in the hospital, I watched my parents work together and support each other. And I watched our entire family unit with my other sister, Jen. And it's just the family for the first time in my life. I I saw them. uh, I saw the family working the way it should. And I realized, wow, this all came out of vulnerability and out of, um, you know, as opposed to out of success. And you know, I couldn't get my parents to come to a best-selling author party together. I couldn't get them to come to a party when I sold my company for a lot of money. I couldn't get them to be in the same room. But when my sister was sick, um, everybody wanted her to get stable, and then they all wanted the results. And then when they realized there was no chance of her surviving, everybody was looking for peace. And mm. you know, so that kick in the gut moment is you know, the saddest week of my parents' life is my fondest memory of them, and not because they were sad, but just because of how wonderful they were to each other. And, you know, and how the family took on this natural thing. So that was a, that was a life changing experience for me. You know, yeah, in a absolutely. lot of ways. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And I'll tell you, I've, I've been through situations like that in my own personal life, as well as in other, you know, very close friends of mine. And a lot of times, those type of events, quite frankly, they tear families apart. Uh, in many cases, even families that were originally close, it's a weird dynamic in the way people react to situations like that but uh, i'm very glad that it worked out the way it did for you and your family and again thanks for sharing that because that's important what are some of the other takeaways that you get that you can share with our listeners um through that experience that may be going through something like that right now uh well there were a bunch of takeaways because it happened even when i was sitting there in you know in hospice i realized that we're 18 months apart and I was given a lot of gifts. And so I became a lot more grateful for what I had and just realizing that I could have easily been, you know, I could have been the kid, you know, lying there unconscious as opposed to being the one, you know, standing upright or sitting in a chair. And and that was just, that was a gift. And I realized that there was a, I realized at that time that there was a purpose for me. So one, I'm just grateful for what I had. And secondly, I realized that there was a purpose for me to, um, it became clear to me that I was there to help other people and you have to help people who are less, or at least for me, my, my calling was to help people who are less, uh, who are less fortunate than I am. And so 
I think the lesson more, that's my takeaway, but the lesson for other people, I think, is to, is to be, uh, be aware of the surroundings and be, be grateful for what you have and, and, and at the same time be, uh, be open to being yourself. Because at that moment, I, I went from teaching and doing seminars and trying to share all this wonderful knowledge I had and show people how smart I am. And now the conversation, I talk about my parents' divorce. I talk about my divorce and being suicidal. I talk about going broke. I talk about uh, troubles in you know, a marriage. I talk about feelings of uh, insecurity or incompetence or you know whatever it might be that those are the things that sharing those things that are going on with you that aren't positive are actually the things that cause you to make real connections with people. And don't be afraid of, you know, being vulnerable. And that kind of goes back to the draft thing, too. Right, right. Absolutely. So you talked about, you know, you've you found your purpose in that time. What did, what did you realize? What is your purpose? And how are you paying it forward? Yeah, so my, my statement that I use is I want to improve the, originally, it was I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to help them improve the lives of a million kids while being a role model for my three. And, you know, it's not just kids, it's more families than that. So it's more, you know, for me, if I can help a million families, improve the lives of a million families while being a good role model for mine, that's what I try to do. So currently I do, I do a lot of consulting for, for corporations and family-owned businesses and family offices, but I sit on the board of the medical school in South Carolina. I sit on the board of the IC Squared Innovation Institute at the University of Texas. I'm on the board of the National Coalition for Safe Schools, which is a non- political, you know, bipartisan. It's not about gun control. It's about teaching kids mindfulness and, and teaching teachers how to help kids manage their situations better. Uh, I'm on, I just took over a, an unpaid position as the vice president of strategic partnerships for Jack Canfield in the Canfield training group. So I'm trying to bring his 40 years of lessons of mindfulness and success and uh, helping people live better lives and doing that through partnerships with corporations and associations and other people so we can get that message out to you know to millions and millions of people so you know i'm doing the best i can i teach entrepreneurship at two schools and i'm i, I help with businesses and business plans so i'm i'm trying i'm trying to help people who can help other people if that makes any sense oh absolutely that's a hell of a lot more than many people are doing and i have to admit more than what i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive, man. Especially all of that resonates just deeply with me. I mean, everything from being on the board of the, you know, the for the schools because I'm all about learning, you know, getting to the source, you know, um, working with these young men and, you know, kids and stuff and and helping them cope and deal with their situations that they're going through on a daily basis. And then the teaching entrepreneurship at the schools, what a huge benefit that's going to be for so many and everything else you're doing. It's just absolutely amazing. I thank you for that. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to have the opportunity and I'm grateful that I have the ability to impact some people. So it's just, it's just kind of sitting in and settling into where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So I know, I know I didn't create any of this, so it's just these are the gifts I have, and it just took a long time to get away from. It took me a long time to shed the things that I thought people wanted me to do, to and just accept the things that I feel right doing. And that was, you know, it's, it's not an easy journey. I'm 49, and people say, "Wow, you really have it figured out." And I said, "Well, you didn't see the first 47, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not, um, you know, it's an overnight success. It just took me 47 years to figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. So don't, you know, it, it does. Uh, it's kind of like driving in the fog." When if you're driving a car in the fog, it seems like you can't see anything, and you don't know that you're you don't know that you're getting close to the edge of the fog, and then all of a sudden you can see. So yeah. that's that's part of the journey is if you're not sure where you're supposed to be, 
um, keep moving. And, you know, it's gonna, it happens really, it doesn't happen. When it happens, it's immediate, even though it took you a long time to get there. Absolutely. You know, people I've, I'm asked constantly, Wally, what do you do to live the life you live? It's not what I do. It's what I did. It's all those years right. of struggles and, and, and growing and helping other people and just so many other things, the, all of which you mentioned and so much more that we couldn't even touch on this in this short period of time. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's 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 all part of the journey, and you know I'm I'm just a year older than you, and uh, I think I'm doing pretty darn good, but can definitely be doing better. As I say, always be improving your foxhole. Uh, and the way I do that is I learn, and that's what you seem to be doing as well. Learn and teach. I think the best way to master anything is to teach, and teaching entrepreneurship and working with the kids and working in the community is just an amazing way to learn. Because I know you learn so much from every single one of those interactions. I do, and it's and it's it's fun. I'm going back. Uh, the students don't even know that I'm going back to surprise show up for their business plan competition back in Rhode Island next week. So. You know, I will have already shown up. I think before this airs, and it's uh, you know, it's just it's just fun to watch them grow, and and you do you learn something every time, and yeah. sometimes things just come out of your mouth, and you think sometimes things come out of your mouth, and I say I can't believe you just said that, and then sometimes you're like, wow, I really can't believe I just said that. That was pretty good. So you know, <laughs> it goes both ways, but it is it is a lot of fun to teach, and that's my um, you know, that's my I would say that that's one of the big things when people ask me what to what advice would I give people to do, or what would what would you want to do i tell people try and teach or mentor somebody if you Mm -hmm. can do if you can reach out to somebody and give them some advice whatever that looks like that mentoring is such a rewarding experience and i've had people come up to me and say do you remember the time that my dad died do you remember the time that this thing happened or whatever it was there was something in their life and i honestly can't remember talking to them but Mm -hmm. just the fact that i was there when somebody needed it and you gave them some advice when they were in a tough spot those people remember those things. And I've had a few people help me traumatic, you know, dramatic. They've helped me, gave me significant uh, assistance at a time that was, you know, could have gone the other direction and could have been pretty traumatic. And, um, you know, when I went to thank them, you know, they were appreciative, but I could tell they didn't, they didn't even remember what they did. Hmm. And so, you know, you have those, you can have great impact in people's lives. Um, and you don't even realize it just by being there and trying to give them some assistance and some guidance. So that's my, you know, I really push men to to mentor other uh, young men because I had the opportunity to speak to a national fraternity and I spoke to hundreds of guys. And what was amazing was if I teach mindfulness to adults, there's all the we all carry these um, these biases and all these fears about not wanting to change or whatever is there. But these college kids, they were sending me messages that night and the next day about how they'd already called their parents and apologized for some things. or they already made amends with some folks. So they were they were acting really quickly. So, um, like most parents of teenagers, I feel like my kids don't listen to anything I say, and that's probably only because it's true. Um, mm-hmm. But I find, but when I'm teaching other young men, other people's kids, they really want male mentors, and they want somebody mm-hmm. to help give them some advice on what to do, and they want somebody to tell them it's okay to be themselves and not, you know, not try and live up to some crazy stereotypes. And so, um, you know, I definitely say reach out and. If I could give anybody advice out there, it would be reach out to some young men and try and mentor them in some way, and you'll be surprised at how how amazingly rewarding it can be. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and about the, you know, you're, I've got three boys, uh, 25, 20, and, and 10, and, you know, once in a while, one of them will come back to me and say, hey, I just heard this guy, or this guy came to the school and said this, that, and the other, or wherever it came from, and I'm like, 
And I'm like, that's awesome, man. You should just follow through with that. But the thing that I'm thinking in the back of my head was, dude, I just told you that like a couple months ago. <laughs> they ain't hearing it from me, man. It's always better to hear it from It really is many times. They hear it from somebody else just because they hear you all the time. And don't take it personal. I used to tell leaders all the time, you know, somebody else is trying to, you know, mentor my, my troops or whatever the case may be. And I'm like, look, one, you can reflect on that a little bit. But two, don't get... You know, don't get uh, all butthurt about it because ultimately, there is it good advice? Yeah, it's great advice. Okay, then let them move forward with it. Just don't take it personal. Well, maybe you do, but <laughs> you do have to reflect on that a little bit. But, you know, it's not always your fault. Yeah, and, you know, what's really funny is I, I invited my dad to come to a talk that I did at, um, up at MIT. They had me come and teach entrepreneurship at, um, at, a, at a new group that happened to be right off campus. And I was up there speaking and my dad came to the presentation and I had friends from high school and college and different stages of life who showed up to see me speak, which was really fun. I was at the Venture Cafe, which is this, this uh, really cool thing that's growing around the world. And they, they, create, they create a place for entrepreneurs to get together and learn and share ideas and raise money. And so anyway, I went there to speak and um, about my last book and my dad came and when I got done talking about mindfulness and mindset and how that's the difference between the super successful and the successful people, my dad said to me, what's so funny is I tried to teach this to you 20 years ago and you were having none of it. So he said, it's really funny that here you are as a speaker who's speaking all over the world on mindfulness. And I used, he used positive thinking and visualization and everything when he was, when he was young and he became a professional baseball player and, and he used all that stuff. And when he tried to teach me, some of that stuff and mindfulness and visualization. He said, honestly, you, you wanted no part of that 20, 30 years ago. And here you are teaching all over, you know, all over the world. He said, I, I find that kind of funny. <laughs> well, there's I a good well. point in that. And that quite frankly, some of it sunk in at some point you were listening at some level. It was a very slow, it was a tulip that was planted over a 30 year <laughs> winter. And that finally, that finally came. So I'm, I'm a very slow learner. I will learn, but apparently, apparently, uh, you know, some of this stuff was, uh, I'm just glad he, he lived long enough. To that see. just seems to be yeah. a man trait, man. I mean, I, I got to, uh, I'm guilty of that as well. For sure. You know, one of the things I want to get into, we're going to get into the pay it forward round here in just a minute. But one of the things I really want to have a conversation with you about for the listener's sake is, you know, I was watching the video that you're explaining about your your mother and your stepdad and how when he passed and then there was all the papers on the desk and everything and one of the papers that was sitting right on top was a life unsigned and uh, life insurance policy that they never followed through on and as a result your mother was struggling big time and I think you said it was something like 80% of Americans either don't have life insurance or don't have life insurance that is going to suit their needs of those they leave behind. I want to have this conversation because being a man of abundance is abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness. And part of that is making sure you're taking care of those who you're leaving behind. And that is a very big part of that. Can I'd like to have that conversation a little bit and tell us what you feel people should do from this point on if they're fall into that category um yeah so so the story was you know my mother remarried married somebody with you know after i watched her struggle for a long time and then she married tom who was a super successful attorney and all of a sudden you know her life changed and she had a wonderful she and my dad got married too young and it didn't work out and then uh she married tom and had this great life and ultimately um you know he did die in his you know, late 30s or you know around 40 much younger than we are and 
he they they literally had this insurance policy sitting the policy delivery receipt sitting on the table that they just didn't send in and if they had it wouldn't have been so bad but instead you know mom ends up buying bankruptcy and losing her house and you know all these crazy you know things that she struggled with and so i find myself in the financial services industry years later after getting a math degree and becoming an actuary and getting an mba in finance and all this other good stuff and i somehow find myself owning a, owning an insurance agency and a bunch of other financial companies and um, you find the statistic that most people just don't have insurance and and insurance is a for somebody who's been in insurance for a long time it's super boring and there's nothing really interesting and exciting about it and it's one of those purchases that you're going to make that isn't going to do you any good right it's just an expense so if you needed to buy you know buy insurance or buy some financial security for your family whether it's the insurance or it's all the legal estate planning documents and things that you have to do to get everything secured it's um it's a selfless act because it costs you money it costs you time there's a lot of aggravation filling out all the paperwork to figure out where's it going to go and which kid am i going to take care of and maybe you have one kid who married a neurosurgeon and the other kid is a you know a school teacher and you say well do i treat them the same or don't i and those are just not easy things to think about and um and so it's not a fun thing to do. So I think a lot of people don't do it because it's not fun and it's painful to think about death. And I think a lot of other people don't do it because they just don't know any better. Some people don't do it because they, they'd rather fall down a flight of stairs than have a conversation with an insurance salesperson, which I can't blame <laughs> them. You know, so it yeah. could be any, any, any of those are really good reasons to not do your financial planning and your estate planning. And so I've written a bunch of books on the topic and I've got a new one that'll be out shortly that is a kind of an updated version of a previous one that you know some of the stuff will be on my website and I'll, I'll make it available to some you know some of the listeners and but yeah there's, there's just people just don't know i think they don't know and then there's some fear and then there's some apprehension of you know being sold and they don't want to buy the wrong thing and so as a result all those all those fears and discomforts if you will are the things that stop people from i think doing the things that um you know the being uncomfortable part is what people don't like but unfortunately being uncomfortable and getting into that place is where you grow and where you create some growth for other people and that's um you know, that's a challenge and that's i think that's i think that's partly to blame for why so few people you know don't don't handle the uh you know don't handle a lot of areas of their life including finances yeah yeah absolutely insurance is one of those things that's it's it's like a legal Ponzi scheme. You're always going to put in more money than you'll ever get out of it. Other people are getting money out of it, but you're not going to get any money out of it, especially with life insurance. You're you're definitely definitely not going to benefit from that, but you will indirectly, I believe anyway. So yeah, thanks for sharing that, and I think that's an important conversation to continue to have, guys. So explore that, and you know, make sure you get you know any of the books that are related to that, especially some of those that are. Uh, Chris will be able to share with you as well. So, brother, we are at the point where we're going to pay it forward to our listeners. You ready to do that? I'm ready. Excellent. One of the biggest parts of living a life of abundance is paying it forward. Giving is the ultimate form of happiness. But today, what I'm going to ask you to do is going to be a little bit uncomfortable for some of you. It may or may not be But what I really want you to do is I want you to reach out to a friend you have not talked to in years. All I want you to do is if you have their phone number, give them a call. If you don't have their phone number and you're on Facebook together, hit that little video button up there and do a short video or even an audio. 
and send them a message saying, hey, look, I just want to reach out to you. I wanted to see how you're doing and see what you're up to and just see what's going on in your life. We haven't talked in a while and I don't want anything from you whatsoever. You can word this however you want. But just reach out and find out how people are doing. This is something that we do within our men's group, within our church. This is something that I've been doing with veterans and other friends. And it's sometimes challenging, i got to warn you, because some of the people you call are going to be living in hard times right now. And they need to hear from you. Uh, you know, you've seen it in the movies and you've heard the stories to where, look, I was on the verge of literally on the verge of suicide or doing something stupid. And I received a call out of the blue, changed my life. You could be that life changer. You really could. Even if something like that is going through your life right now, you calling somebody else and helping somebody else can make you realize that you are not alone. This is a very powerful thing to do for you and for the people you call. You know, one of the big things going on out there is the 22 push-ups for 22 uh, suicide or suicide attempts with veterans. Well, that's all great, and that's great for awareness, but what I like to do is I like to pick up the phone, or I like if I don't have the phone number, I get on Facebook, I get on LinkedIn, I do a video, and I use Dub, or I use Loom, or I do some sort of video on my phone, and I send them a video over social media. And just to let them know, listen, I'm thinking about you, I'm here for you if you need anything, and if you don't need anything cool, I just want to let you know that I'm here, and I'm thinking about you, and I'm wanting to know if you're okay. That's it. It's very simple. So what do you say? Can you do that for me? I would greatly appreciate it. And the people that you call are going to greatly appreciate it. I promise you that. Now, let's get back to the conversation. So share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today. One, uh, one thing you can do is... Um I would say reach out and mentor someone. I would say to go ahead and uh, open up and share something vulnerable about yourself with somebody else because that will uh, that will invite somebody else to reach out to you. So a lot of folks are afraid to get ask for help, but if they know that you need help too, you might open up the door to help some folks that way. And I would say to continue to read and learn and don't be afraid to tell somebody you don't know the answer to huh. something and that's... Yeah, very check valuable. That. It took, 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 me, took me a long time. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a that's a skill <laughs> for some people. That's just very hard for some people to uh, to swallow that one. But very very great uh, recommendations and actionable steps. I appreciate that. What are some rituals that make the biggest impact in your life? Rituals that make the biggest impact in my life. Uh, it took me forty eight years to learn how to meditate, but the but uh, I started. I bought this heart math heart like the organ in the middle of your chest mm-hmm. math meaning the class some people didn't like in school so heart math has this monitor that just i do it for five minutes a day five minutes three times a day just to slow my breathing and calm down and it, it i was going i went from sleeping four to five hours a day to seven by just giving myself a few times during the day uh doing some breathing and then trying to meditate and going online to youtube or i don't have them up on my website yet but i'm going to put some meditations up eventually uh, but just listening to somebody else with some guided meditation just to calm things down. So, you know, men of abundance are probably very successful because they've done a lot of things, but mm-hmm. as a result, they think about a lot of things and maybe it's hard to turn your brain off. And once I was able to meditate and slow things down, 
I became less um, less frantic. I started sleeping better, less anxious. Um, body weight dropped. I mean, a bunch of things happened just by calming, just calming things down and, and finding some peace. Yeah, absolutely. Many of the top performers that I talk to, if not all of them, do some form of meditation. And some people get all weird about the whole term meditation and you know, you can call it something else. Bottom line is just just calming yourself and controlling your breathing and sometimes either getting your thoughts together or not thinking at all, just being. And uh, it's extremely powerful. It's something I practice as well. What are you reading or listening to that you'd recommend to our Men of Abundance and why? Uh, what am I reading? Right now I'm working on, well, a friend and mentor of mine, Jack Canfield, wrote The Success Principles, and so I review that pretty uh, regularly. And then I went to visit a university with my son, High Point University in North Carolina, and I was so impressed with Nito Cabane's, uh, he's the president of the school, what he's doing, that I picked up his, uh, I picked up his book, uh, How to Be a Great Communicator, and you spell Cabane, Q-U, uh, Q-U-E-B-I-N. You'll find it. It's the only, not many books written with Q-U, B-E-I-N, so it's an, it's an odd spelling. Um, but Nito is, is a fantastic speaker who's all about mindfulness and helping people be the best at what they are. And he's big on, he's big on faith and family and country and uh, helping people become, he's building this great life skills university. So his stuff is, his stuff's pretty good. So that's the newest one that I, that's the newest one I picked up. How to wow. be a great communicator in person, on paper, and on the podium by Nito, N-I-D-O, Cabane, Q-U-B-E-I-N. Yeah, that's an extremely important topic. I'll definitely be checking that one out. What do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Uh, so you can either have an abundance mentality, or you can have a um, you can have this feeling that, that there's a you know that there's a shortness or there's a there's a lack out mm -hmm. there. And I find that most people are afraid. I think what's keeping them from living the life they want to lead of abundance is the fear, and it could be the fear of not being enough or the fear of uh, not having enough or fear of what other people are going to think or say. And I find that I talk to so many super successful people. So CEOs and entrepreneurs consult with me a fair amount. And almost always the solutions I give them are not, they're not financial solutions. They're not operational solutions. They're not marketing solutions. They're almost always psychology solutions. Mm. And that the problem is that it's driven by the things that make us successful are usually things that we're trying to overcompensate for, or there's something that we wanted to make up for in, you know, from childhood, whether you were bullied or your parents weren't together or however you felt rejected. And so the people who are super successful usually have something deep that may not, you know, the thing that made them successful is now the thing that's holding them back from becoming super successful. And so I think that's the, uh, you know, it's a fear, it's a fear thing. And, you know, my, my answer to that is, is, the, is be the giraffe is stick your neck out a little bit and talk to people, share what you have uh, going on. And you might be surprised the person you're talking to may have. I can't tell you the number of times that I've shared a personal challenge and somebody either had the same challenge or went through the same challenge or but you didn't want to talk about it because you're afraid you'd be judged only to find out that people have people are living the same challenges and men don't you know men are afraid of. It seems like in general, men don't do that as much as women do. Yeah, for and sure. That, and, and, that's, and that's a shame because we all need friends and need, you know, need a hug and need to know there's somebody there for you. And so I think it's that, you know, it's that fear. And as a result of the fear, we end up pulling back and being alone. And then we're stuck in our own heads, which makes it harder to meditate and, you know, to start getting in that crazy, vicious cycle. 
Exactly, exactly, man. So what does being a man of abundance mean to you, Chris? Uh, it means focusing on, to me, being a man of abundance means focusing on giving more than, you know, more than taking or sharing more than having. And just uh, when I have a really hard day or something's, something's bad, work, not working out financially or whatever it is, something that I, I realize is rather than sit there and grip over how something may not have worked out or something may have cost me a bunch of money or some, you may have had some setback in business or whatever it was, what, what I started doing is deciding, let me go give some money to somebody else or let me go help somebody else first. And it's funny how you reach out and help other people and somehow your own problems seem to get solved, at least for me. So um, I just try to focus on try to focus on helping other people in some way. I don't mean give away everything you have and join some cult or shave your head. And, I used to say shave your head and walk around the airport, but you know you can't do that anymore with TSA. But the, um, to me, the man of abundance is just realizing there's enough for everybody. And by helping other people, it'll all come around and you know, ultimately help you in the long run too. Yep, I totally agree. And then the same thing happens to me. When I want more of something, I go out and give it. And it doesn't always happen that way, but you know, ultimately... Uh, it, it works out in the end, and I, it's just a great practice uh, for me anyway. I totally agree with that. So, brother, we are going to uh, definitely have your website, thechrisjarvis.com, linked up in the show notes. How else would you like for our abundant leaders to get a hold of you, learn more about you, and what else did we not talk about? You want to ensure that our listeners get out of our conversation today? Uh, well, there's a lot of things, I guess. Uh what haven't we found? I mean, I, I, I do help a lot of entrepreneurs and whether I'm helping them with strategic planning or personal coaching, I do that. If people you know, want the help and need the help and think for some reason I might be somebody who can do that, I'd, I'd love to, you know, to help them or help their organizations. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jarvis Chris. You can, I'm sure you can find me on Facebook and find me on LinkedIn and the website has links to everything. So that's, uh, you know, the Chris and, if you email me, it comes to me. So if you have questions or thoughts, I'm more than happy to. Uh, it's hard to be a man of abundance and then have all my emails screened and not get back to people. So that wouldn't be fair. So I can <laughs> tell you that I I um, may not be as efficient as I can be because I do I do respond to every email I get. So my email is chris at thechrisjarvis.com. So if you email me or you send me a note through social media, I will, uh, I'll, I'll get back to you, I promise. Excellent. Greatly appreciate that too, man. Uh, guys, reach out if you see a need or even if you don't, just check him out because you might find something there that uh, you're going to need down the road or immediately. So, Chris, I greatly appreciate it, man. You're doing amazing things in the world. Go out, live your life of abundance, and, man, just keep paying it forward like you are because I know it's making a huge difference, man, and I greatly appreciate it. Well, thank you. I appreciate you and all that you're doing, and if I can help you and the listeners any other way, feel free to call me anytime. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hey, guys, so check this out. Along with the action steps that I asked you to take earlier to pay it forward, share men of abundance with others, what I would really appreciate you to do is to jump over to the Men of Abundance fan page on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, just type in Men of Abundance or go to the link that's in the show notes down below and go to the Men of Abundance fan page and like that page. Also, it would, man, it would just mean so much to me. If you'd go watch about two or three minutes of any one of the videos that are posted there, I just posted one today. Make sure you go over there and watch that video 
and then comment on it. Don't just like it. Leave a comment. There's a specific reason why I'm doing this, and it will be revealed later on, but I'm really just trying to build up this Men of Abundance brand. After four years and being downloaded in over 100 countries, I want to take Men of Abundance to the next level and beyond. And one way to do that is for more people to like the Men of Abundance fan page and comment on the videos and comment on any of the other posts. I just need engagement over there, meaningful engagement. Look, don't just leave comments that don't really mean anything to you. That doesn't do anybody any good. It comes out in the writing. It doesn't make it. It's just not going to do anybody any good, specifically you. I really want you to leave a meaningful comment and let us know what your thoughts were about that particular content that was posted there and then share Men of Abundance fan page with others. So go to Men of Abundance fan page. You can just search Men of Abundance. There's a group and a page, but I want you to go to the page. You can gain access to the group as well. But specifically, I want you to go to the page, locate a video, watch the video, like and comment on the video or leave an emotion or whatever they call it, uh, and then share that particular post out with others on your social media. Greatly appreciate it. Now, go out, live your life of abundance, and make sure to pay it forward.